Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. What's up, Malaysians and sub influencers? I'm Jason. And I'm Jean. And we're from Nafnang Malaysia. Malaysia. We are back again with another episode of Sub Influencers. This is a podcast where we will talk to influencers about their true feelings, experiences, and opinions on different issues. Yep. And guess what, Jason? Mm-hmm. Our guest today is actually from overseas, one leh. Yeah, we are going international. <laughs> <laughs> Our guest has been living in Malaysia close to six years now, and I think he is more Malaysian than some of us la. He knows the local lingo, our culture, food, and most importantly, Malaysians love him. Yeah, and if you guys are wondering why we're getting this guest on board, it's because we're really intrigued by the fact that he is currently influencing a foreign market. So we're going to dive deep with him today on his story, his perspectives, and even his core values of being an influencer in a foreign land. That's right. He's a content creator, singer, TV presenter, and a prankster as well. Even though he came all the way from the UK, it's really impressive that he has half a million followers in Malaysia. Our guest for today is none other than Mr. Mark Odie. Yo, what's up? For such a nice introduction. And you got my name right. Yes. Normally, people get my name wrong straight away. So <laughs> thank you very much. I feel honoured. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And thank you for coming all the way back from the UK uh, and to Malaysia. So uh, welcome to our yes. humble Welcome back. Studio. Yep. Thank you for having me. Uh, for our listeners that didn't know, Mark just came back from the UK and of course he went through the whole quarantine process yeah. um, and he documented it and mm-hmm. uploaded it on his social media platform as well. Yeah. And Mark, um, for that post, I think um, some of the news platform kind of picked it up. Yeah. They picked it up really late though. It's really <laughs> weird. Cause I, I, I posted it like, oh, I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but I, I posted it. Like I posted it on maybe like the first, and the news sites only picked it up on the fifteenth. Wow! So it was really uh, weird. I would have thought two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but it was nice. I think we yep. had like the China Press. We had um, sorry, the star. The, the, yeah, the, the funniest one was the police force. Oh. So the the freaking um, Malaysia <laughs> police force like. Reshared it. I was like, "Wow, wow. this is cool. Wow. This is cool." If I ever get into trouble, I'll just say, "Oh, hey, <laughs> hey look, I'm on your thing." No, I'm joking. I'm, I'm a good boy. But yeah. that, that was really, that was really cool. That was awesome. Yeah, I, I did watch the video, but um, just for the sake of our, you, you didn't watch the video. I did. Oh, you did. Okay, good. I did. Good. I said I did. <laughs> <laughs> Can you share with us, like, um, maybe one part of the process that is really impressive to you? Because I I watched your video and you mentioned that there's quite a number of things that you're yeah. impressed by the Malaysian government mm-hmm. how they handle the whole thing but if there's one thing that you have to choose that the most impressive one what would it be i just think overall the safety and security because simply because um i came back from england and when i walked into england there was no kind of lines to sort people out Mm. obviously in the first few weeks of coronavirus like italy south korea china top cases so there was nothing that said you know if you're from these countries you need to come over here you need to get like tested mm. you could just walk in and out and it was like crazy even mm. when i left from england to malaysia nothing and then when i landed in malaysia came off a plane you got immigration people straight away like stand here line up here very strict but wow. very good yeah. you know um yeah. it was a very long and tedious process i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna say it was fu- a fun process but i would rather that than you know just being allowed to come in and then the cases are high. Mm. So I think everything was, it was, it was very long, but it was very interesting. I, I'm one of these people that likes to have experiences. So it's something I can look back on. Um, and that's why I documented it because mm-hmm. I thought, you know, like maybe people who haven't done it would like to see 
what it's like. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I filmed as much as I could without <laughs> breaking any rules. Um, so so yeah, it was it, it was good. I think overall, just the whole security mm. was just top notch. It was it was really good. Malaysia's and that's why the cases in Malaysia are so low. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of this uh, content that you yeah. recently put out on the first, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I realized that this kind of content isn't like your usual uh, style because your feed on Instagram is mostly about parody and yeah. misheard lyrics. So um, actually, what is the story behind the whole parody and misheard lyrics? So I'm sure you're going to bring this up, but I used to be in like <laughs> a, a boy band like before. That's why that's yeah. where I first came to Malaysia. So I've always had like a singing background, singing and dancing background. Um, and then when I moved on to TV hosting, I didn't really get to do these things. Mm. And I always kind of missed it. Like my friends and my family would always say, um, oh, don't you miss singing? Don't you miss yeah. dancing? And I was like, yeah, actually, yeah, I do. So then I made like a parody and I actually just realized like oh my god i miss doing this singing i miss like being like musically creative Mm. uh so then i thought you know what i want to do more of this content because i enjoy doing it yeah like video editing any content creator will tell you most of the time it's like oh god i've got (laughs) to edit this video but when it comes to parodies if i shoot a parody I can't wait to edit it. I get back and I'm like, oh, transfer the footage, like check out everything because I'm so excited to see all the clips and put it together with the music. Um, so I just thought it's it's a passion. And I think mm. when you make content, you've got to do content you like or you're not going to you're not going to have the enthusiasm. So that's yeah. why I've done the parodies and um, people seem to like them. So that's why I just thought, you know what, let's do it. And also... I like to kind of do like original content and I feel like right. in Malaysia there isn't anyone that is known for for parody making. I know mm-hmm. you have like some radio stations who who make yeah. parodies or stuff but yeah. there's no kind of content creator who kind of specializes in parodies. Mm-hmm. So I thought you know what let's let's try and be that person and and I mean luckily like um it's it's worked out well because I've had yeah. some kind of good good hits in the the last two years so it's been been good do you remember your first parody or misheard lyrics yes i do and (laughs) i mean i I cringe looking back at it because (laughs) like obviously now i'm much better editor and stuff uh but i don't regret anything because that's what everyone grows do you know what i mean yeah like like the first parody i ever put out i would not dare in a million years to put that kind of quality like out there but it helped me grow and um yeah n- now i think i know what works and what doesn't mm. it's it's easier to make these parodies and stuff yeah um that's good to know but i mean um so you mentioned you you were in a boy band the, yeah. the london boys mm-hmm. so was that back in the uk or like when you i mean you guys started in malaysia or like in the uk first we were put together in london so my background was i, I did like musical theater So I did like a few like West End shows in London, like performing arts. Um, It sounds fun, but honestly, like I get bored really easily. And I was doing one show. And when you do like the same singing and the same dancing and the same acting every single day for six months in the same place, it gets quite boring. (laughs) So I wanted to do something different. And my agent in London said, oh, there's this there's this new boy band they want to put together in Asia. Do you want to audition for it? Wow. 
And at the time I was 21 and I was young and that's when like One Direction were big, like The Wanted, all these bands. Um, So I was like, yeah, sure, boy band, you know, (laughs) like get to tour around, that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, So we auditioned in London and I got the job and came to Malaysia. So yeah. So it's because of that agent that kind of like introduced you that, hey, like someone in Southeast Asia is looking for a boy band and whatnot. So that is how you were introduced to Malaysia, is it? Yeah. So I always look back and I cringe at the boy band. I'm like, (laughs) oh my God, the the London boys, what a... Crap, what, that is such a bad name. Like, I look, I look at what we, I'm sure oh you must God. have Googled it and seen the pictures, which are just horrible. Nope, um, nope. I always, I always cringe, but at the same time, I can't, I can't, like, slam it, because if it wasn't for them, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't yeah. have found Malaysia. I wouldn't have, like, um, seen what I could do here. So, I don't regret it. I look back and I think it's, like, lame, but... <laughs> If it wasn't for for the London boys, um, (laughs) I wouldn't be here today. So yeah, no regrets. So do you mind bringing us through like little bits of pieces of like what you do after the London boys and then what's next, what's next until where you are now? So when I was in the London boys, I started a YouTube channel for fun because in the boy bands, we, our working hours were so small. Like I I, I would perform maybe like for 10 minutes a day, like four times a week. It was so, so I had nothing else to do. And I'm one of these people that, can't just sit at home and mm-hmm. go on Netflix or I don't even think Netflix was around then um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah so I, I couldn't just do that so I was like I need to do something else like there's there's only so much gym you can do and mm. so True. I was like let's just start a YouTube channel for fun um, and people seemed to like the content that I did so I I got a bit more more people knew, knew of me and then the ATV quickie which is not happening anymore, but it was like a really popular show like yeah, back in the day, yes, like yes. with Deborah Henry and Henry Golding, <laughs> one of the first hosts as well. Um, so they got in touch and they said, we're having auditions. Um, they actually thought I was Malaysian because apparently I look Asian. I, 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 do you think I look Asian? No. Mark, no. <laughs> so they thought I was mixed. Um, and I came to my audition when I was still in the uh, boy band, because we, we were about to have this, like we, we were going to be finished, um, and they offered me the job. And I was like, wow, like I actually really like Malaysia. Mm. I've always wanted to do like hosting because mm. I'm a big football fan. And when I was younger, I would have like my own tape recorder and I would like, this is, this is really sad, but <laughs> whatever. Um, I, would, I would like make up my own football commentary to, to all the goals when I was like a 12-year-old kid. Wow and record it um so i so it's it's kind of worked out because now i'm doing like sports hosting um so they offered me the job and i stayed for another year and i thought yeah i'll do this for one year and go back to england Mm -hmm. and now it's been what six years yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so it's london boys then atv quickie and then the rest is history yeah exactly (laughs) so after the atv when i was doing the atv quickie I, I wanted to get into to Astro because I love football. Mm-hmm. Um, so I sent them a lot of emails. I was always... <laughs> I mean, I say this to everyone, like, there's no harm trying. Yeah. And we. I literally just sent them emails. I, got, I went on their, their site and I was like, look, if you need any hosts for any of the football shows, mm-hmm. wow. here's my stuff. Um, and the, at first they were like, okay, thank you, thank you. And then six months later, they said, well, oh, we're actually having auditions come in. Wow. And I got offered the job for this football show. And if it wasn't for that, they wouldn't have found out about me. So, so 
when I, whenever I give advice, I always say, look, don't wait around for opportunities mm. to find you because mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. There's no harm and there's absolutely no shame as well. Like just emailing, yeah. you know, someone like photographers, videographers. Yeah. I, I don't understand when they say, oh, I've got no jobs. I've Like if I was a photographer, I would spend a week like messaging all the bars, all the restaurants. And I would just say, look, here's my portfolio. Mm-hmm. If you need pictures, like get in touch yeah and I, I guarantee like 90% of them are not going to reply you but yeah. 10% of them probably are looking for a photographer yeah. and they're like oh actually we need one so yeah sure yeah so that's what I did and yeah I got the I got the football job which was well that was like a dream come true that was really fun yeah that's that's really nice so to our listeners out there so dedication keep yeah. on doing exactly. repeat 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 one day they'll reply you <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yep. at least the the ten percent will reply. Yeah, you. exactly. Maybe Nuffnang might not, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, uh, producer, cut that out. <laughs> so anyway, just just curious, right? Um, when you were making the decision to leave uh, UK and come yeah. to Malaysia, one of the reasons was because of the boy band, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, was it difficult for you to leave your homeland and come to Malaysia? And um, how did your family and friends react to that? So I left home when I was like 16 because I went to, to study in London. So I've always lived away from home. So oh. it's okay. And I've always like liked the, the whole like, I, I wasn't really... We, I don't really come from a wealthy family, mm-hmm. so I never got to do like the oh we're gonna I'm gonna take a year traveling or I'm gonna go six months to to Asia or whatever. So yeah. I saw this as like oh this could be like a nice year holiday or whatever. Um, and my mum is always supportive. Like I love my mum to bits, Aww. but she's the kind of mum that wouldn't be like no like you got to stay at home. Like I need you. She will mm. she will be more happy if I'm doing well. So. She's always said, look, don't ever come back because you think I miss you. Like, Mm -hmm. do what you do because I would prefer to see you happy and doing well rather than you being here. And, you know, which I think is, which is really nice. So, yeah, I I miss my mum and my, I I go back to England at least three times a year. Mm. Um, So, like, a lot of my Malaysian friends say, oh, you miss, you, like, like, your poor mum, you know, like, does she not miss you? And I've got some friends in Malaysia who are from like Penang or from Kedah <laughs> and they only go back twice a year. Yeah. So I'm like, it's the same thing. I go back, I go back more. I go back three times a year at least. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's the same thing. Yeah. So linking back here to the uh, influencer industry, right? Yeah. How different do you think the Malaysian influencer market is here compared to the UK? Uh, number one, I would say the restrictions, very different because in England, some of the ads I see and some of the content, there's like no hold bars. Like mm. you can do what you want. Uh, whereas Malaysia, there's a lot of restrictions. Yeah. So for instance, when I was on TV, um, I had a lot of ideas. Like me and Brandon would have a lot of ideas on our show. Um, and we would be told, no, cannot. It's too controversial. You can't mm. talk about this. Mm-hmm. Whereas in <laughs> England, it's you can basically say what you want. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I think that's that's probably the strongest thing. Um, number two, I would say the content is a bit, it's a little bit more controversial, I would say. So like people, um, I mean it's, it's the same as the first point, but I mean <laughs> people are not people are not afraid to offend people. Mm. Whereas in Malaysia, 
when I make content, I always have to think, oh, are people going to be offended by this? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. which is which is a bit annoying sometimes yeah. because you can't one hundred percent be yourself. Mm. Um, yeah. But at the same time, you don't want to offend anyone because yeah. some people can get quite touchy. So mm. I would say in England, people have less filter. Yeah. All right. So Malaysia more filter. <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. I think it's. I mean, in England, some of the content is really rude and like horrible. Like it's it's not nice, I suppose. Whereas yeah. in Malaysia, it's a bit more nicer. Um, so I'd say more filter. Yeah, I wouldn't. I'm not saying Malaysians don't make great content because there's mm-hmm. so yeah, many sure. talented people. But yeah. I agree. I would. I would say there's maybe you wouldn't. You wouldn't. Sometimes it doesn't push. They're like, oh crap, he just said this. Mm. Whereas in England, you get some of these YouTubers who are just like, what? It's, it's, it's entertaining, but at the same time, it's like, wow, like, I can't believe he said that. That's really yeah. like controversial yeah. or risky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, do you think that you'd still be doing um, whatever you're doing right now, as in content creating? Mm-hmm. Uh, would you be doing the same thing if you were back in the UK someday? Like now, or you mean like in the future? If I went back now or in the future? In the future. So in the future, I'd probably be in my mid-30s. So I think what I do, like in terms of the parodies and stuff, mm-hmm. maybe wouldn't work because I'd be an old man. No, <laughs> no one would care anymore. Um, but what I would love to do is maybe like pass my knowledge on to like the younger generation because mm. I love kids. Like, I, um, like I'm doing a kid show at the moment for Astro, which is oh. really fun. It's called Small World and... We basically have to take a kid under our like guidance and we, we train them and wow. they have to do all these challenges. Um, and I absolutely love it. So I would love to maybe like have my own agency mm. in England where I manage kids, help them start YouTube channels. Yeah. Because I think I'm, I'm 29 and a lot of my ideas are really like young like that. Yeah. They're, they're a bit too young for me. So <laughs> I would love to like give these ideas to the younger generation. So I think when I when I retire or whatever from from this, um, I would one hundred percent love to carry on being creative, but maybe kind of take a behind the scenes role mm. and help people, like maybe give give parody ideas to to people who are maybe like under me, and yeah. I can help them grow. That would be that would be the kind of end end goal plan. Yeah, more like a coach. So kind of yeah. So because then I, I would be doing what I love to do, which is. I think I'm going to love making parodies even when I die or whatever. I'll probably, I'll probably be in like a, a retirement home singing like a Frank Sinatra song, like making a parody. Um, yeah. So I would love to just kind of give what I know back to like younger generation because mm-hmm. I think now, like you guys know, you got, you're, you're from Nafnang, like the younger generation are, you know, are the ones that really are on social media. They're mm-hmm. the ones yeah. that yeah. can blow away with views and Ooh. like campaigns and stuff so i i think they're the ones that you know need that help and can also get big quick yeah yeah i agree i think that's so generous of you because uh i actually know like plenty of um maybe older people yeah they're not so generous on spreading knowledge you know they want to keep everything (laughs) you want to reveal that no i I don't want to offend anyone (laughs) So I feel like that's quite generous of you, especially like, you know, to pass this down to your juniors yeah. and uh, do proper coaching because some people, um, I wouldn't say who, uh, Go would, on. <laughs> <laughs> no, <I don't. laughs> 
would be more um, reserved yeah. Yeah, mm. and um, would not be very pleased to see other people rise above them yeah. in the future. I've always thought like in this kind of industry, and this is what I love about Malaysia actually, because in Singapore, no offense, like all the YouTubers, <laughs> they just like slam each other online. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. half the content I see is just like, Oh, did you see this person's video? Oh, like, uh, like you know, she's buying fake views. She's <laughs> buying likes. Like, it's just like fight, fight, fight. Whereas yeah. in Malaysia, what I quite like is everyone is all friends. And um, not, I agree. Some people aren't like that, but most people actually like really help each other out. Mm. Like you know, for instance, like um, like someone like Ginny Boy, who I consider like top top of the top of his game. Yeah always like asking questions and he always just gives like such good advice and so like I agree with what you said but actually there there are a lot of people who who actually like to help people Mm -hmm. out and I've always thought you know we should all grow together like there's there's younger people than me who maybe don't have my numbers or they don't have like the the clients I have Mm -hmm. and I see so much potential in them and I'm like hey bro like do you want to like collaborate on a video of mine because yeah. I, I want them to to do well because I also think you know if they if they get big or whatever they'll remember that and they'll yeah. also like be like oh let, let's let's work together in the future um and there's so many underrated people here in Malaysia who you know like deserve okay. like 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 someone like Eric who you yeah. had on yep. your show last week like two years ago no one knew who he was mm. and now he's like one of the top if not in my opinion, like one of the best TikTokers in Malaysia. Yeah. Um, and now everyone knows about him. Like yeah. someone like that, I love, I love seeing that happen. You know, someone yeah. who works really hard and then gets like a, a big, a big ass break. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I love to pass on my knowledge and because I remember what I was like back then when I was sending those emails <laughs> to Astro and I didn't really know anyone and I know it's hard. So yeah. if someone's got talent, they deserve to, you know, Mm. get out there yeah I, I think it's a very Asian mindset that uh, we want to keep like for example I know how to edit a video um, I always keep that to myself and yeah. I don't want to pass it on but I feel like um, we are slowly changing it like like what yeah. Mark said also like uh, I, I can see that also like um, among the content creators in Malaysia we are helping one another to build to be mm. like a bigger yeah building or like company yeah. rather than like being competitors um, yeah rather yeah. than I step you until yeah. like you have nothing so that people can yeah. just come to me yeah. exactly. which is a very good yeah, thing because it's the same with like like Malaysia there's so many talented content creators in Malaysia and their stuff doesn't go international like there's only a few people whose videos maybe have like been on these international like sharing platforms and stuff yeah. so I think you know if people like team up and create ideas yeah you know like Instead of like keeping one idea to yourself, mm. imagine if we all like join forces and yeah. create like a big thing, and maybe like you know nine it, gag yeah. can feature us or like you know, all crazy. these all these like big big platforms because there's so many brains and so many ideas, like it can go international. Yeah. Wow. Looking forward to that day when <laughs> one day all Malaysian YouTube, yeah. YouTubers coming together and work on a huge. Yeah. yeah like me, me and Brandon, we we yeah. we've team forces and like. We've been doing these parodies for for ages, and one of our K-pop ones went on to Nine Gag, and it got like yeah. I think like eight million views. Wow! And that's from us two joining forces, like putting both our mm. heads together and stuff. And yeah, yeah like uh, I think people need to like team up more and yeah, produce good content together. Yeah, agree. Always love seeing you and Brandon like oh, work thanks. together <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> you guys are always so funny. <laughs> 
Okay, um, to the next question, right? Because um, you're living in a foreign land for yeah. close to six years. What is... I'm, I'm pretty sure you have, you have a lot of, like, culture shocks. Mm -hmm. So, uh, do you mind sharing with us, like, one culture shock that is, like, super memorable to you? What, in terms of, like, <laughs> content creating or in general? In general. In general, culture shock would probably be... I mean, the obvious one is the food. Like, everything is just so damn spicy here. <laughs> uh, but, that, I mean, that's an obvious one. Like, typical Ang Mo cannot handle the heat. Um, I think... Also, culture shock in Malaysia is how diverse it is. Mm -hmm. Because in England, like, you don't get all these different religions hanging out together. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. you know, like, you've got some squads, you call them squads, right? You get, like, squad of friends in Malaysia. You've got, like, <laughs> yeah. Indian, Chinese, Malay, and they're all friends. In England, you would get, like, the Indians hanging out in their own groups. Yeah. Like, um, like, the Muslims would not really interact as much i mean there are a lot that do but they like to be in their own like bubble mm -hmm. so that's what i quite like about malaysia is the fact that you have so many different religions and it's a very diverse place so that that is something i was surprised about that i actually really like yeah like honestly speaking like i don't have any like, muslim friends in england because i've mm -hmm. never really met any because mm. in my field um like I've just not really met any and I didn't really know much about them and that's not me being racist or me yeah. not being like cultured I just yeah. never really you know, I'm from a very small town in England mm -hmm. it's a very British place so I came here and I was like oh wow like you know like we're, we're from a different religion mm -hmm. yeah. uh, but we actually have a lot in common and yeah. everyone's really cool yeah, yeah there's one nice. really nice things about uh, in Malaysia like, yeah, I, feel, yeah. Yeah, I mean you get you get some idiots in Malaysia who <laughs> who beep who you know to say that like um who who were like oh our religion is the best you know like everyone yeah. else is yeah and that is really annoying because that spreads hate and that really yeah. is annoying because it, it gives that religion a bad name mm -hmm. when actually yeah. like no they're love lovely people but yeah. most of the time it's it's really nice yeah, I yeah. Like that. okay okay to mm. my next question so um because you are caucasian mm. so and in malaysia like do you get any sort of discrimination because a lot of time like I mean, I don't know about other people, but for me, like when I see uh, like uh, like Angmo in Malaysia, I feel mm. like mm, they won't get any sort of discrimination in Malaysia, like because I I feel like a lot of Malaysians look up to like Angmos. So like, do you get any sort of discrimination when you were while you're in Malaysia? Yeah, I do. So I get like um, I don't know I don't know what you I don't know if it's discrimination, but I would say everyone thinks like, oh, it's easy for you because you're Ang Mola, oh. you know, like whatever. But mm -hmm. you'd be surprised because there's only so much content you can make that's like, oh, like Matt Saleh tries durian or Matt Saleh tries spicy food. Yeah. Like, you can't do that for six years. You've got to kind of do more <laughs> stuff like that. Because if not, like people are going to get bored. It's like, oh, I've seen yeah. that before. Yeah. Um, so it's actually more tough than you think because there, there's only a certain amount of videos you can do like that. So you have to kind of diversify um i would also say i get discriminated a lot because some of the content i do is very sarcastic mm -hmm. and some malaysians won't understand my sarcasm and oh. they think i'm be just because i'm ang more i'm looking down on malaysians yeah. which is never the case because like 80 i'm not one of these typical ang mores that <laughs> ha like lives in monkeyara and has <laughs> and just hangs oh out in like God. the english pubs like 85 percent of my friends are malaysian but like, actually, I'm very Malaysian now. Um, so, like, the other day, for instance... Oh, God, this is annoying. Like, I... <laughs> so, I was in quarantine 
for 14 days. So I went back to my house for the last six days, but I wasn't allowed to leave. So I asked my two friends who mm-hmm. live opposite me to do my grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. So I sent them a list of all, I- all these items and I told them to get me a six pack of apples. So I said, can you get me a six pack of apples? So <laughs> it was just, it was, it was, I thought it was a really funny story to tell because they, look, okay, if, I, if I told you, can you get me a six pack of apples? What, what would that mean to you? Um, six apples in one pack. Okay, good. You same. <laughs> same. Okay, right. So my friends thought that meant six packets of apples. Okay, and it's not because their English is bad. It's just it's just how they they thought of it. Like their English is really good. But I made a joke on my Instagram. I was like, "What the hell? Like six packets of apples? Like they got me six pack? Like who eats six packets of apples in six days?" And it was like a running joke. We did like an, an Instagram poll. It was, I saw that. People thought it was really funny. But I had some people who immediately go, oh, you're English. You're saying that Malaysians can't speak English. Shame on you. Um. You know, you're like, you go back to your own country. So I get a lot of that Um, because just because I'm English, they think like when I'm like making fun with my friends, it's got nothing to do with with being Mm -hmm. Malaysian or English. It's just saying one word in particular. They will automatically get offended, Um, which I cannot help because I am English. So some people um, think like, oh, you know, like you're looking down. And I'm honestly not. It's just me having a joke with my friends. Um, So that is the kind of discrimination I would face. But it's maybe like 5% of of my comments it's, it's not a lot most people like what I do and I'm one of these people that never gets offended by haters mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. some of the stuff you read it's, it makes me laugh because it's so ridiculous what they say <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so I, I don't cry oh this guy doesn't like my stuff like if they've if they've got a valid point maybe I would consider it maybe mm-hmm. I'd say oh okay maybe I shouldn't have said that yeah um, but if they're saying things like that yeah, uh, things without any kind of support yeah, or reasoning. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, just ignore it. But um, like because you mentioned that um, it's quite a diverse market here in mm. Malaysia. We have uh, Malay, Chinese, Indian yeah. and others and whatnot. So how did you do your like market research on like, for example, the type of content to be put out, like find out what your audience likes? So it's a lot of trial, trial and error. So like I've been making a lot of videos on YouTube and stuff. And I think I've got to a point now where like I know what works and what doesn't. So mm. before I would do all these videos um, and sometimes I would spend days and hours making one video and it would do really bad. Oh. And then I would do like a, fifth, a 30 second like selfie video that I've not even edited. And that one like goes viral. And it's so <laughs> annoying sometimes because it's like, oh my God, like, I just spent so long on that video and no one cares. Yeah. So it's took a while, but I think, actually, no, I lie. Still to this day, I don't understand, <laughs> you know, especially like TikTok, for instance. Oh my God, like you spend like hours on one TikTok and it won't do well. And then you'll just do like a really stupid one that you just, I wasn't even going to post. And it's like, what? Like that one's like trending. It's, it's, <laughs> it's. It's crazy, but I like it. It's fun because it's, it's like a challenge, I suppose. Mm. I like to challenge myself, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, speaking of the discrimination earlier on, mm. uh, we realised that, um, you know, cyberbullying has been pretty rampant here in Malaysia lately. Yeah. And we know that you are quite against it. Um, but I think, like, a lot of uh, us, like Malaysians, are unaware whenever we cyberbully, 
uh, and even my friend who was an influencer actually shared with me about uh, how he was cyberbullied and how he didn't really know how to overcome it. So can you share with us what exactly is cyberbullying and what is your take on it? I think it's completely different. Like, for a content creator to get cyberbullied and just like someone else that's not, it's completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, but cyberbullying, I think it happens quite a lot and it happens quite a lot in Malaysia. I've seen a yeah. lot of cases. And I always tell this to my friends, like, don't get offended. This person has nothing else to do. Like, yeah. you know, at least you're, at least 90% of your audience still like your stuff. Um, to someone that isn't like an influencer or content creator that gets cyberbullied, it's really sad because yeah. these people have no right to just randomly attack them. Like, people can say what they like about my stuff. Like, I don't care because I put my stuff out there. Mm-hmm. I am making my videos public. Yeah. So... I've dug my own grave, I suppose, with people commenting bad stuff. So I, I, I don't, I don't really agree with influencers that say you can't say bad things about my content. If if you're an influencer, you put your stuff online, yeah. people can say what they want. People can have their opinion. They're allowed to have an opinion yeah. as long as you're not being like bad or you're not saying you're not being really rude. Um, but cyberbullying is something that is not good, and unfortunately, there's not really ways to. To handle it because Instagram and Facebook they don't have like many people who watch all these comments that yeah, happen and yeah. even if you block someone someone can just create like a new profile and mm-hmm. do all this stuff so I can't give you like an I can't give you a happy answer and say oh yeah you should do this because let's be honest there's mm-hmm. no way to stop cyberbullying but always look on the bright side and just remember there are people that love you and you have like really nice friends and this person who is behind the keyboard, too scared to show their face in, in public. Uh, they've got nothing better to do than just comment random crap on your profile. Yeah. Don't get offended. It's not, it's not like a, a client or like a top-notch, like inspirational like content creator. Mm. It is somebody who just has no life and has nothing to do apart from attack you. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I would say. You know, there's um, also something that I want to bring up is that there's actually like a fine line mm. between feedback and yeah. cyberbullying. Mm-hmm. So, so what is actually considered a cyberbullying? People comment on my, on my videos and they say, oh, this is lame. This is rubbish. I won't reply back because I'm like, okay, that's your opinion. You can say that. Yeah. If someone says something like, oh, I'm more, go back home, like you stupid idiot, or beep, 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 um, <laughs> you know, that's that's kind of cyberbullying because you've gone a bit too far you're not giving your opinion um so i would say that is the difference when someone gets personal yeah and they start to say things like girls for instance i feel sorry for a lot of girls because some girls are very insecure and if someone will say things like oh you put on weight that's not nice you know you you see that a lot like that's not nice or you know like all your skin is bad and stuff you see that and it's you think to yourself why would you write that like what is going through your mind? Like yeah. this, and like I like I say, when I give advice to people, I say this person is obviously jealous because mm-hmm. what what is going through their brain to want to have the audacity to just say that to someone? So yeah. I think that when you attack someone, if you say like your video is not good or your video sucks, mm-hmm. that's not really cyberbullying. That's just Feedback. someone's opinion. Whatever yeah. you can mm-hmm. say what you mm-hmm. want, that's fine. But if you personally say like or like. Um, your sister's ugly, your sister is like, you know, yeah. a, a piece yeah. of this, like, that's, that's not nice. You know, yeah. if you say something like, oh, Mark, 
stop using your mum in the videos like she's not funny like that's not cyberbullying that's that's their opinion yeah. if they say something like or oh, mark like your mum is like so ugly like oh, you know yeah. she should be ashamed of you yeah that's cyberbullying that's not nice right. yeah so when you get personal that is cyberbullying yeah. yes but like i said it doesn't affect me I, I, these kind of people that write mm. this stuff i look at their profiles and it is yeah. just they're too scared to show their faces yeah. and they they're just commenting all this stuff and so it doesn't affect me but i know some influencers yeah it does get to them yeah, yeah. but i think um this also shows us that you are quite a positive person mm. because like you kind of see it like no matter it's a feedback or slash um cyber bluing, you kind of just take it as a feedback right <laughs> yes but like i also mentioned it's my own fault i'm i'm putting all my videos in public so yeah. i should i should be people have people are allowed to opi an opinion yeah. Yeah. and if you unless you make your videos private and you say oh only my friends can watch this <laughs> if you're an influencer you're putting your stuff online mm -hmm. it's yeah. your own fault and yeah. This is going to sound really harsh. If you are insecure, mm -hmm. you shouldn't really be a content creator because people are going to... You're, put, you're putting your stuff out there online. Yeah. People are going to have an opinion. People yeah. are going to want to yeah. like, attack your stuff. If you are really insecure about what you do or stuff, if you're a girl that is insecure with like, how you look mm -hmm. like, and you do like a, a makeup video or something or like a beauty thing, I, I, I personally don't get it because you should be confident in what you do. And yeah. if you're worried right. someone's going to say something, which they probably will, because yeah. there are so many idiots that say stuff, yeah. Yeah. you're probably in the wrong industry. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Do, I, do you agree on yes. that? Yes. Right? I, I personally do agree, and I also want to point this out to our listeners as well, who's listening, because I feel like a lot of times our listeners, are, I don't know if they're influencers or, or, or students or like um, working adults from 9 to 5, a lot of them, like maybe we have the, this perception that Influences are always about their fancy life, yeah. uh, sports car, uh, whatever, all those yeah. good stuff. But right now, what you are seeing is there's a downside to it as well. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. you are putting yourself out there to show the world. Actually, not only Malaysia, but you are showing to the whole wide world. If, let's say, someone yeah. from the UK or from the other side of the world did, decided to share your video. So, um, to our listeners, I, I hope that like after listening to this, you will have a different perspective uh, when you view influencers, it's not always about the fancy, fancy stuff. Yeah. Sometimes you get harsh comment or harsh feedback. Yeah. yeah. So um, have to con consider this thing if you want to be an uh, influencer slash content creator or slash YouTuber. Yeah. Like, like I said, it's not nice. Cyberbullying is not nice. Yeah. But sure. also, if you are insecure and you can't handle criticism, you're in the wrong industry. Because like I said... Your, your videos are public and people yeah. are going to say things yep. yeah. so you, and you can't stop it yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that's a very valuable advice uh, to me uh, at least um, I'm not sure if for our listeners <laughs> so um, I think after this I will think twice whenever I want to type anything <laughs> I want to comment anything make sure it's a feedback yeah. wait yeah. are you the one that makes those fake profiles and uh, comments uh, on my videos cut cut, cut. <laughs> I'm more go back balik kampong to England it's you isn't it uh, no 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 oh so the next question <laughs> Yeah, okay, uh, but like, uh, on a serious note, uh, let's move on to the next question. Like, what, what is one core value and uh, principle for you, at least, in becoming an influencer, especially when you are influencing like, in Malaysia? Um, for me, I've always been an entertainer. So my core value is I just like to entertain my audience because if it, was, if, if it isn't for my audience, I wouldn't be where I was. 
So yeah. I like to give them content that I know they'll love. And honestly, for me, I know everyone says this, lad, but like, um, I get so much joy and satisfaction when people like DM me or they'll share my video and they'll say mm. like, oh, this made my day or like, um, if I post a, a K-pop parody or something, and like a BTS fan is like, oh my God, like I had a, I had a really sad day, like this really cheered me up. Yeah. That makes me feel so happy because yeah. it makes me feel like, like what I've done, like yes, I'm doing it for entertainment, but yeah. I've made someone happy or yeah. whatever, or, um, or even if I've, like I know I make a lot of parodies, but yeah. sometimes <laughs> I will also do, like on TikTok recently, mm -hmm. I've done a lot of kind of, it's called like TikTok guru, where you give like advice and like coaching on, mm. on some things. And I've done a few things and wh when you see the comments and some people are like, oh, this is like, I can really relate to this, you know, thank you. Yeah. Like, it, I know this sounds really stereotypical, <laughs> you know, oh, everyone says that, but it does make you feel so happy because yeah. you spent so much time editing this and right. it's like, oh, like these people like love, love what you do and it makes you want to do more so I yeah. get these comments and I'm like oh this is such such nice to hear like yeah. let's let's get on with the next one you know yeah, yeah I, I think what you're trying to say is um correct me if I'm wrong uh, I think what you're trying to say over here is that you have to be passionate in whatever that you are doing mm -hmm. if you are creating content you have to be passionate about it because if not it would just feel like oh it's time to edit again yeah. it's time yeah, to edit yeah. again yeah so passion is important mm -hmm. guys know yeah. what's your passion <laughs> okay one final question before we do the closing um, Mark um, how do you define success or would you say that you're successful in Malaysia so I think the word success is really strange word everyone sees it differently mm -hmm. and yeah. So some people think successful, oh, this guy got lots of money, drives a Ferrari, you know, has lots of girlfriends, oh, successful guy. <laughs> so I think that that is the completely wrong way to look at it. Yeah. I think the word success, like, I don't know, what, if you Google success now, what comes up in the, in the dictionary? Can you, can you say, I, I've always, no, I should have done this beforehand, <laughs> but uh, I, didn't know, I didn't know what you were going to ask. But like, um, success, well, what does it actually say? The Okay, so I just Google search it. Yeah. Success, the accomplishment of an aim or purpose. There you go. Yeah, exactly. So wow. that, that does not say someone that's rich or someone that drives. It's you, you accomplish your goals. So I, I, if I could give any advice, I would say follow your dreams and do something that makes you happy and you will be successful. So for instance, like um, if you love animals, okay, and you, all you do every day is look at like llama memes or like dog memes or cat memes and stuff. Mm -hmm. You obviously love animals. If yeah. you go to like the dog adoption center once a month and you like to go to these dog cafes, you, you love animals. Like it's a fact. So do something you're passionate about. And in my opinion, that makes you successful because like people... People, in my opinion, look at money too much mm. and they think, oh, I have lots of money, I'll be happy. Right. But it's not always the case because you you work, right? 70% of our life is work. Mm. So from the age of like eight, I mean, actually you guys start work at like 21, 22, yeah, right? Yeah, yep. yeah. You guys study for like five years, <laughs> yep. six years, right? right, right. Okay, so <laughs> 21 to like maybe 60, that's about what, 70% of your life, right? You are working. So... <laughs> For 70% of your life, do something you love. Don't yeah. do something because, oh, I have lots of money. Because 70... Ugh, I keep doing percentages. Like, um, <laughs> this is going to sound really boring. But, like, 
that only means for 30% of your life you're doing what you want to do with that money. Yeah. So do something that makes you happy and makes you like joyful. And that, in my opinion, is success. So for instance, like what I do, I wouldn't say it's like the, the, the most like best world, best paid job in the world. I could mm-hmm. do something else, I suppose, that would, would earn me more money. Yeah. But I don't wake up every morning and think it's work. I wake yeah. up and I'm like, oh, yes, I can't wait to shoot this. Yeah. You know, oh, I get to work on this new parody. Oh, yeah. yay. Like, editing my video, like, until 5 a.m. in the morning. Wow. That's not, that's not work. That's, that's joy and, yeah. like, passion. So I would say that is successful because it's, I'm, I'm, I'm doing, hitting my goals. Whereas somebody who has, like, millions in the bank but they go to work every day. Oh, for God's sake, I've got to, yeah. I've yeah. got to do this. or I've got to kind of do this, this, this. But when I get back home, I've got a nice house, you know, to get back to. I wouldn't say that's success because yeah. that person is not happy with what they do. Mm-hmm. Just and rich. for most of their life, yeah, they're going to be like not happy. Yeah, they're so, not really like living their life to the fullest. Exactly. So like, the advice I would give anyone, do follow your dreams, follow your passions don't always listen to your parents. Some parents are going to be like, oh, you must have like a, you you must be an accountant. You must be a lawyer. <laughs> I'm not saying they're bad jobs. I've got friends who love being a lawyers and it's their passion. Yeah. But I also know some people who don't want to be an accountant, but their parents have told them to. So if your parents say, you must do this, like you can't be a musician, prove them wrong, mm-hmm. you know, work hard on being the best musician there is. Get your stuff out there on YouTube show your parents that you can be successful as this job. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Wow. 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 Thank you so much. Mark. <laughs> oh, 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 there, there you have it, guys. Like what Mark said, um, your, your definition of success shouldn't be defined by, like, for example, your friends, yeah. your parents, or even the society. Yeah. Find your own definition of success mm-hmm. and work towards it. Exactly. Yeah. And after speaking to you today, Mark, I feel really inspired and I've learned so much on how to step outside my own comfort zone and to chase after my own dreams. So I hope that this episode have given you guys some new perspectives as well. And I also hope that you guys enjoyed listening and getting to know Mark as much as we did. Mm -hmm. And before you go, Mark, uh, please let our audience know where they can find you on your social media. Yep, very boring. It's all the same. (laughs) It is is at MarkOD8. Yep. If you're gonna ask me why why there's eight, because someone else took Marco D. So now <laughs> now I have to use Marco D eight. So you can look me on that YouTube, just type in my name and it will come up as Marco D. So yeah, I'm on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all of them. Yeah. You can follow me for more silly videos. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks again, Mark. Thanks for having me. It's very, very nice chat. And thank you. Yes, you guys that are listening to us right now. If you guys like what you are listening to, do subscribe to our podcast and we'll be updating our podcast every two weeks. Don't forget to follow our Instagram at RTV Malaysia for more updates about our podcast. Talk to you guys again soon. Bye. Bye. See ya.